Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Ex Nihilo podcast. I'm Eddie. I'm the host of this show or this podcast, whatever you want to call it. That's fine with me. Uh, today on the show, we've got Natalie Tower, and this was a fantastic conversation, which is why you're tuning in. Natalie uh, is well-rounded, not only as an athlete, but clearly as a person and as a believer in Christ. So I got to get into all of that. She's a level two CrossFit coach at a CrossFit gym down in the South Bay. Um, and she's been a CrossFit athlete for a long time, also former Division One water polo athlete, which is really, really cool. Most recently, though, she was on the Titan Games show on NBC, and we get to get into that and, of course, what it was like to meet uh, The Rock, who is the host of the show. I'm sure everybody on planet Earth has asked her that, probably first above all else. And then we get into some of the, the, the funnier, more gimmicky parts of the show, but also some of the more uh, nuanced parts of the show as well. And perhaps the most important part of the show is later we talk about uh, how faith and fitness have so many ties in together. So without further ado, we'll get into the episode with Natalie Talbert, episode 16. Hey, so let's just start off by, you know, you sharing a little bit of your story and, you know, you've got an amazing story. Obviously, we want to jump into the fact that you're on Titan Games. I want to know what The Rock is like, just like everybody else you <laughs> talk to about the Titan yeah. Games. <laughs> and then... Um, I also want to hear a lot about the fact, you know, your CrossFit background, level being a level two trainer, and I've done CrossFit. I'd love to ask you a few questions about that, and then let's we'll get into some of the kind of Christian wellness and health stuff. But just like start off about, you know, how you got into CrossFit, what's your story as it relates to that, and we'll go from there. Yeah, awesome. Um, well, I guess I got into CrossFit after college, so I grew up playing sports. Um, I was a water athlete, so I swam and then I played water polo pretty competitively. Um, so I played water polo at San Jose state and then it kind of just seemed like the natural next step to kind of hop into something else competitive. So I found a CrossFit gym in the San Jose area and then I sort of just jumped in all the way, uh, a little, so I learned and then I took a little hiatus and then I came back and then it was like what I devoted my life to um, was being in the gym, competing and then helping other people meet their fitness goals as well. So that's sort of how I started. Um, I did have an athletic background, so it wasn't like that was my first experience, but it definitely was my first experience with com um, competitive fitness on land. So I was always in the water competing. So that was that was cool. Yeah, so talk a little bit about that, right? Because you were obviously you were it was water polo, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So tell a little bit about that. So I, I'm a land athlete. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There's a tremendous difference, and so like I'm totally. curious to know. I I do know that lots of like people jump into CrossFit that have, almost have no athletic background. So being totally. a former athlete and getting involved, I mean, the transition must have been a lot easier than I'd say for like a normal person who trained. Totally. I don't have, so I know a lot of people who are super nervous to join a CrossFit gym or they're just nervous about um, fitness or competition in general. I didn't necessarily have that. I mean, of course you're nervous joining a gym or, you know, being in a new environment, but for the most part, pushing my body and, and competing, I wasn't, that wasn't foreign to me at all. So um, that was definitely an easier transition, but I was, really accustomed to working out in the water and so working out on land I mean we did we were in the weight room um and we did some stuff in there so I had a good base a good strength and conditioning yeah. base um but I I definitely had never competed in it so 
I think that made it more fun for me. Um, once you, I mean, you probably know when you devote yourself to one sport for so long, it's like actually pretty refreshing to be able to learn something new and then obviously push all of your boundaries to see how far you can go. Yeah. And did you do much strength, uh, strength training doing water polo? Did you do a lot of, uh, Olympic work or anything like that? So we did, we were in the weight room a lot, but we did mostly like power lifts. So we deadlift and we, we deadlifted and we squatted, but we didn't do much Olympic lifting. It wasn't until my senior year that, um, we changed strength and conditioning coaches. And then I learned how to do that stuff. So I learned how to clean and I learned how to snatch. Um, and so it was kind of, it was still relatively new to me. I mean, once I graduated, I had, I had been taught how to do it but it wasn't something that I had perfected. So it was definitely CrossFit that kind of got me there. Yes, I had a base. Yes, I, I knew my way around weights and I knew my way around the gym. And, you know, I had a good solid base of movement, but it really wasn't until I got into the CrossFit world that I started doing Olympic lifts and um, the more bigger skill gymnastics things as well. So I'm curious to know though, but now you're mm -hmm. a coach, you, you jump into a CrossFit gym. Yes. You, you must have liked it enough to decide I'm going to become a trainer, but I'm also <laughs> going to, you know, become a level two trainer. How did that happen? Yeah, totally. Well, it, it kind of happened. It was a little roundabout situation. So I've always coached, um, but I never coached anything other than water sports. So I coached um, water polo at the high school level, and then I coached kids and I loved it. Boys, girls, all of it. Um, and I, I enjoyed it a ton. Um, and then it wasn't until I was pregnant with my daughter that um, my mentor at the time was like, have you ever considered coaching adults? And I was like, yeah, I've totally considered it, but don't really know like what that looks like for me. Um, and she was like, well, it looks like this. And we just started to set up an internship. And then from there, I was like, oh, I was incredibly pregnant um, and got all of my shadowing hours out of the way and just absolutely adored it. So um, it was it really was something I didn't question from that point on. I knew that that's what I wanted to do at some capacity. Um, and I knew that I wanted to be good at it and I wanted to get better at it continually, continuously. So that's sort of how I pushed to get. I got my level one with CrossFit and I loved it and then um, got my level two just because level one sort of teaches you the movements of CrossFit and your level two teaches you how to coach it. Um, and so I really wanted to up my game in that regard for my level two and it was awesome. It was a great, it was a great certification and, and I, and I really liked it. So the gym I'm at now um, holds me to a really high standard which is the best ever. So my boss there um, is continually educating me and investing in me and it's it's been really rad. So what gym are you at now? I'm at a, what, yeah, place? I'm at a gym. So I live in Soquel, which is like the Santa Cruz area. Um, and I coach at yeah. Coast Range CrossFit in Gilroy. So Wes Pyatt is my boss, he owns our gym. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, got to know, I mean, I've, I've got this, so I got exposed to CrossFit in 2010. Yeah. I was uh, still in the NFL and I was looking for a trainer um, that could kind of give me some, I had a lot of back injuries, mm. like two back surgeries in my career. Mm -hmm. So I was looking for something a little more unorthodox, something that was, uh, you know, that would kind of strengthen the core and do some different things besides kind of the typical strength and conditioning. And uh, I found a right. gym CrossFit Bellevue out in Seattle and I was out there playing for the Seahawks. 
and uh, the trainer cool. was a former Navy SEAL, which, you know, if I'm looking for a trainer, that's awesome. As an NFL player, I'm looking <laughs> for a guy that's like, could kill me. You know what I mean? I'm looking for a guy that's uh-huh. like, expertise. And, and so I found a guy that's totally. like, yeah, this man could kill me in eight different ways. So I feel like he can train <laughs> me. And uh, I got exposed to it. And the first thing he did was he put me on, uh, you know, the uh, gymnastics rings. He put me on the, on the rings and the pirouette Dang. bar. And I was like, well, hold on a second i thought we were going to do some like we're going to tread water for seven hours and right. cool <laughs> steel stuff. yeah you got me on these rings but i really you know i discovered how like the, the, that strength in that core and being pound mm. for pound strong as a 245 pound ish athlete i realized i didn't have that sort of core strength so can you speak to that right a little bit and like what's what crossfit really does for you in so many other ways besides like making you look swole yeah <laughs> Yeah, um, totally. I think that there, so CrossFit is unique in that it has, it, it marries a bunch of different avenues of fitness together. And I think that's what initially drew me to it was that it was, it's not just this, it's this and this and this and this and this. And it, and it combines all of these different avenues of endurance and strength and gymnastics and body weight and powerlifting and Olympic lifting and all of these things. It kind of marries them together. And I think CrossFit does a very good job at um, pulling all of those things together in order to create a well-rounded athlete. So For instance, I'm a water athlete and I've always been great. I have a great endurance base, right? I can tread water for hours. I can play games. You know, I I was a swimmer, so I've got that base. But what I didn't really realize was that I needed to be stronger. I needed to lift more weights and all those things. And so I think that's what CrossFit sort of exposes is that if you want to be a good athlete, which is, I mean, I want to be a good athlete. Um, is you've got to marry all of these different things together. And I think that that's what um, people are sort of drawn to with CrossFit too, is like, if you come to the gym, you're not just doing this one thing. You're doing all of these different things and you're going to realize that you're not good at everything. And that's sort of probably what you come to is you're this big power athlete. And then you're realizing, oh shoot, there's all these other aspects of fitness that I'm missing out on or that I've been missing out on for such a long time because I've done this one thing. And so I think that that's, that's sort of what CrossFit does. And if you don't have a base in the small things or you haven't worked yourself up to those big things, that's when injuries start to happen. So any good CrossFit gym or any thought out programmer or you know any, any gym that's invested in seeing people's progress isn't going to throw you to the wolves and and just like expect you to throw barbells over your head or lift your one rep maxes all the time, they're going to start to ease you into the process so that you can build something like that core strength to get you to a place where you are throwing barbells over your head or, you know, you are back squatting more than you ever have before. Um, so I think the the marriage between all of these different avenues of fitness, it really does produce results. And it gets you, it gets your body in places that you've probably never been before. You know, it's not like NFL players are hanging from rings or, you know, using different, different gymnastics movements. And so once you kind of real, and I don't know about you, but I watch little tiny gymnasts do some of the most incredible things and you just watch like their core strength and you're like, what? So I wish I was a gymnast at this point. <laughs> oh, I bet. Well, she's 
man. I mean, the gymnast, I mean, when you think about pound for pound athletes, you've got to put some of the gymnasts in that category. Cause I, I, I wouldn't, Oh my gosh. In the category of pound for pound athlete, I, I would look mm. at maybe fighters, um, you know, and, and gymnasts are kind of the two that come to mind, but totally um, there's, there's plenty of others, but, um, yeah, yeah. So I'm interested to know, like someone's coming to a gym for the first time, no mm. idea what the heck they're doing. They, they've worked out a couple mm-hmm. times and they're looking for a good trainer. You mentioned no good trainer is going to just throw you under a barbell and, <laughs> yeah. and have yeah. you start cleaning. They usually start mm. with like a broomstick or a PVC pipe or something. What's a few things someone should look for? Hey, I'm, I'm new to a gym. I want to work out. I know I should be healthy. I know God wants me to be healthy. Yeah. What should, I, what, what should they look for in a CrossFit gym? Yeah. So, um, obviously I'm biased. Obviously I think CrossFit is the way, um, and, and I, I've seen a lot of success with it, but honestly, one of the biggest successes that I see, or, or one of the things that keeps people in a CrossFit gym is the community aspect, right? Like you can come in and you can talk to me about fitness. Um, I can explain to you why everything we do is going to work. Um, but it is, it is the people next to you. It's the shared suffering that really produces the results, right? Like when I've got someone texting me at five 30 in the morning, because they know I'm supposed to be at the 6am class, like that's probably what's going to yield the results. And so, you know, I, I just love when people come into CrossFit gyms, um, maybe not during COVID-19 because things are a little bit weird right now. (laughs) Um, but I love when people just walk into our gym because then they've got the opportunity to see like, Oh, this is what it's like. These people are working out next to each other. Like if I'm working out next to you, I'm probably going to push harder than if I were working out by myself. Um, you know, that's true for most people, not everybody, but so it's kind of, it's a, it's a lot tied into the community aspect as well. So if you walk into a gym and you can feel that people like each other and they want to be around each other, then you've probably found a good place. So that's one of the first things that I, that I tell to look for is, you know, are people talking? Like, do they get along? Do the coaches know their names? Like, are those things that you're experiencing when you walk in the door? You know, did one, more than one person say hello to you? And that's sort of going to be a good test too, to like, oh, these people care. They've been invested in. And so they want people to feel comfortable when they walk into the gym. So that's something I tell people to look out for um, a lot. Yeah. And then the other thing is um, you want to make sure that someone's teaching you how to do all of these movements. Um, CrossFit is a very, like we do a ton of big movements. Um, And if someone isn't breaking it down for you, with a progression that you can remember teaching you all of the things that it should look like and then telling you what it shouldn't look like um that's going to ensure success so if you're walking into a gym and they allow you to just be thrown into a class they might not have necessarily thought that through so if you go to a gym where they have an onboarding process where they're going to teach you all of the foundational movements that you're going to be seeing in classes, you'll probably be set up for success. Um, So making sure that they do have an onboarding process to kind of get you there. Um, Those are the big ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like when people and people feel confident once they learn the big movements, um, you feel better about pushing yourself during the class. So um, yeah. Well, you know, going back to the communal, the communal aspect of a CrossFit gym, I mean, there's not a CrossFit gym I've ever been to. Um, <laughs> and I've, you know, I've lived in Salt Lake City, I've lived in 
uh, in Seattle and I've lived out here in the Bay Area. I just lived all, all over the place going to different CrossFit gyms. There's not, yeah. oh, there's not a single one I've been to where there's not a tremendous communal aspect to it where the coach totally. and, and the people love to be in the gym. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of build totally. that community. And uh, I mean, thinking about this for a second, like from like a, let's, let's call it like a faith perspective, you know, mm-hmm. the church is really supposed to exemplify that, you know, the community of God. And you have this, uh, yeah. this, the camaraderie around being a body of believers. And really it feels <laughs> like on some ways a CrossFit community has done this at, at a higher clip in, in some cases mm. than even a church. So mm. I think the church probably has a lot to learn from how CrossFit does this. Yeah. It's, it's actually really funny that you say that because um, I have gotten into conversation with pastors about this exact topic. Like I have had a pastor look at me and say, you guys have it figured out. How do you do that? And so I've had like a lot of time to think about that and to reflect on that because I think it's pretty cool. Um, it's pretty cool that people that we've, we have created a, a really um, cohesive and accepting group of people. And I think that that's, that's what it, it comes down to a lot of the time as well is it's a very open and accepting place that um, allows you to come into their circle even if you're not where they are. Um, and I think we see that we miss that a lot in the church and people feel like they need to be a certain way um, to come to church. And I think that CrossFit gyms are like, we want you any way that you are because we know how we can get you healthy and we can get you better. And that's what the church should be saying, you know, like we know the way to life. Like we have the answer. I don't care who you are, where you are, what color your skin is, what you've done, how, what kind of clothes you're wearing, come in. And, and I, yeah, I've, I've totally, I've, I love that. Like, I love that community is such a big part of CrossFit and probably it's half the reason why I'm so invested in coaching is because I want to be a safe place for people to come. You know, I, I don't want them to feel like they have to be a certain way to be in the gym. Like I want them to be seen and known and have the best hour of their day inside of the gym. So, yeah, yeah. that's a good, that's a good word. And, you know, I, I feel like it'd be helpful if a lot of people in ministry got to hear this conversation Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. there are, there is a large, to a large degree and a tremendous amount of receptivity to uh, CrossFit and what it, what its message is and its mission. And you do see, you have elite athletes in CrossFit Mm -hmm. like yourself, coaches like yourself working out and you see brand new people maybe just mm-hmm. fresh out of their ramp up and learning how to, you know, in a barbell and they're partnering together on a lift or something like that. And you're Heck yeah. see them working out together and cheering one another on. And, and in my experiences, hanging out with people out after class, everyone knows that like the best thing about it is like, I'm last, you know, on this, on this rod <laughs> and everyone is around yeah. me yelling for me. And I think that, you know, it's funny because I do meet a lot of people, especially in the Bay area that have never played competitive sports in, in a team mm-hmm. atmosphere but they love mm. CrossFit. And, totally. And I like to say, hey, that's why competitive sports is so fun. Is yes. because it has that environment around it. I mean, did you experience that? Totally. Yeah, totally. Um, it, the, the team aspect is like where I thrive. I'm also an like extreme extrovert. Um, and I'm, I'm way more likely to push to higher and deeper and faster limits if I'm working for a team. So I've always been a team athlete, even in CrossFit, I do team competition. Um, I'm, I, 
have competed individually and it's cool and I like it and you know I I can push myself really really far but if I know that I'm pushing for a brother or a sister on the floor it's I'm gonna push harder like I, I just am because it's for you and it's not for me um and I think that yeah it it totally has gotten me there and and not even just with my team like my physical four-person team it's gotten me there with my classes or with people that I'm coaching or cheering on like I feel invested in everybody's workout in a day and I feel like giving them the tools and the motivation to push themselves is going to get them somewhere yeah it's not going to be the CrossFit Games it's not going to win the game but it's going to get them one step close closer to health and fitness and being the best version of themselves that they can be for their families and for the people that they're serving so that's good yeah well I want to mm. what you just said about becoming the best version of yourself I want to get to mm. that um, but I first I want to really I got to talk about the Titan games and <laughs> yeah. I got to see clips of it. I got to watch an episode of it. It's just so awesome. Yeah. Uh, hearing this, hearing your story throughout was so cool. So just tell us how you got to even get on the show in the first place. Cause I'm looking to sign up, but I got <laughs> totally. better shape of course. So go ahead. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, to a certain extent. Um, so Titan games was, it's funny because I felt like it was, and as I've been thinking about and reflecting on the show, it definitely feels like a big stage. Like it felt like a really big stage in the moment. And then now, um, and I've arguably been on a lot of big stages. I'm not saying I'm the best athlete in the world, but I've just, I've been under the lights per se, you know, like I've, I've had a lot of eyes on me and it, and I love it. Like, it's so fun. But as I thought about like the um titan games i was like wow this is almost bigger like and it's funny because it's not something i ever trained for so people are always like did you have your sights set on the titan games i'm like no i had my sights set on the crossfit games you know like yeah. i wanted to go to the crossfit games and and that's what i was pushing for with my team um and so it started by us watching the show last season um, we were just watching it cause I knew there were a couple CrossFitters on the show that I really dug and I thought they were pretty cool. So we watched and then, um, midway through, I want to say it was like our first episode of watching it. Um, my father-in-law opened the application and decided that he wanted me to be on the show. <laughs> um, so, so awesome. yeah, I didn't necessarily like think about it at that point. I wasn't like, Oh yeah, I want to be on the show. Um, he would just randomly like throw questions to me, um, like, Hey, what was your earliest childhood memory? Or it wasn't that, but something like that. And I would answer. And then I realized I was like, Oh my gosh, he's filling out an application. <laughs> so, um, he sent the application and I mean, super long story short, I got a call and was, they asked me if, uh, series of questions and wanted to kind of move further down the line and um it was just a a series of question and answer and question and answer answer and interview and you know all that stuff and um had a couple video interviews and all all of that and then next thing i know um made it so it was it was really cool it was really cool um and it, and it was really fun i would say the process ramping up to it was a little bit stressful right because all of a sudden you become invested in this athletic event that you never even have trained a day in your life for so sure, yeah. i i'd never been more grateful to be a crossfitter at that point because i was like oh shoot yeah i can you know i can 
do anything because I crossfit, you know, I can yeah. walk on my hands upstairs, you know, like I never would have been able to do that. So um, I felt, I felt decently prepared to do that, which was, which was really cool. So the process, um, getting, getting the call and all of that, does like the rock come to your door or the check or like, how does it work? You know, what, like, yes. what happened? Was it, I know was that it, everybody uh, always wants I to do, know that. Like, and I, I, I got to know about the combine too. So maybe just start with oh, yeah. the first part. And then. Yeah. So, um, no, I think that on the first season, uh, Dwayne Johnson did call a couple of people. Um, and that was really cool, but that didn't happen this season. Um, I just got a call from casting and the producers that I had gotten pretty close to through the process. Um, but I, I got a call from them and uh went from there so the first step like you said was the combine and the combine is they pick a certain amount of people and then there's cuts from there so the combine is a time that they i mean what i gather is they're watching you athletically right they're watching how you move they're making sure that you can do these things and then they're also interacting with you on um, how you speak in front of people how you tell your story and all that stuff so um, it was just a time to, we got to do things like a 40 yard dash, which oh. I had never run a 40 yard dash in my life. Um, so I got to run a real 40. Um, we got to max deadlift and we got to do like some obstacle courses, um, stuff like that. And, and uh, they filmed it. And then from there it was, um, you hope that you make it. So, so with the combine, yeah. how much of the, how much of like the selection process is truly athletic? Cause I know that there's a producer, uh -huh. there's a producer and they've got to have yeah. story. I mean, I'm just curious, is there a pretty good totally. mix, but athletically, is that like a huge portion of it? Who knows really? Like <laughs> I honestly couldn't tell you a hundred percent. The few things is it's TV. Like I always had to keep that into perspective. Like, it is television. There is a lot of money going into this. So, you know, anything could happen at that point. Um, and you could be really bad um, on the uh, couple of the athletic events and you could probably still make this the show. So it's it's hard to tell. I think they want to make sure that you are capable. Like, you know, if if you get on the show and you can't do the obstacles they're asking you to do, like that would kind of stink for them. So I think right. that they definitely did take it into consideration. Also looking at the people that they picked on the show, they were a fit group of humans. So, yeah, I, I mean, if you think about it like that, it's kind of like, yeah, it had to have played into it. Um, but I don't know that they like went down the list and they were like, oh yeah, top 30 made it on the show. Like, sure. I think they just wanted to make sure that everything sort of jived that you you know how to you had a story to tell you could tell you could tell it eloquently um and that they were getting all walks of life so i don't know if you've watched the show or been like up to date on the show but it is a very diverse and amazing group of people so i think that some of the athletic nature definitely was taken into consideration for sure but there was also a level of we are an inclusive diverse show that is going to highlight a bunch of different kinds of people so they also took that in, into consideration as well no it makes sense yeah i mean obviously like we're talking you know nbc and you know, yeah totally viewers and ratings uh but they yes. at the same time they go and they select some of some of elite top athletes to, to totally to and it's like 
one one of the women was a firefighter which mm-hmm. that's awesome right like there's just like the, the cool yes yourself you can get like a level two crossfit trainers like high level people totally um, but some of the events just kind of seemed i mean they looked like some of them were quite honestly incredibly difficult and others seemed a little yeah. gimmicky so i'm just <laughs> yeah. curious like some of them are hilarious they looked like a little bit like uh like a spoof show or something so right. just like was, was any of your events like particularly difficult like that you like really enjoyed to do so people always ask like was it as like was it hard was it you know mm-hmm. i mean no i not in the grand scheme of life like and in in some of the competitions that i've been in like i've walked away from a competition and felt like i could sleep for a week you know like yeah. It's, it was absolutely nothing like that for me, but if maybe if I had made it a little bit further on the show and like, you know, got to compete on Mount Olympus multiple times, I might've felt a little little bit of that, um, that same push that I felt in competition before, but for the most part, the two events that I did, um, were, I mean, they were pretty chill. Like they weren't insane. They weren't crazy. I didn't like rip my hands or break my back or anything like that it definitely wasn't like that um the things that you do take into consideration with television is there's no way that you can make it you can't regulate everything if that makes sense like you know crossfit it's you've got a standard to hit you know if you're not below parallel it doesn't count everything is the same for every person the weights are the same all that stuff and there's not a lot of room for error right like you know everybody has the same barbell everybody has the same weight plates and that's just sort of how it is whereas some of these events are kind of like they could malfunction or something could go wrong or your size could matter and all those things so once you kind of like step back and and take like take a look at the the situation it's kind of like oh right like this isn't true competition this is you know did everything work really well for me in the moment that I needed it to work um, and that's not to say that those athletes aren't incredible because there are big name athletes on that show who are absolute studs. Um, but it was good for me to realize, oh, like this isn't like a normal competition. You know, we didn't seat it the same way. There wasn't like a tournament to get to that. Um, it was sort of the luck of the draw. You know, you got paired up with whoever they wanted you to be paired up with versus like, you know, doing a, um, a little bit of a tournament style to get your rankings and then to compete against the people that you should be competing against. So it definitely was set up in a way that it was really fun to watch. Um, and I had a really good time watching it. I will say that much, but um, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. I mean, totally. my heart was beating. I mean, especially <laughs> like on the, uh, you know, on Mount Olympus when they're there, that, uh-huh. that, like, that looks genuinely intense. So like, it, it looked like, cool. a, like a giant adult Chuck E. Cheese, like playground yes. set, you know, but it looked genuinely difficult. Hard. Yeah, yeah totally. It looked, it looked tough. But so I got to ask you about the, the 250 pound, like slabs of rock you're kicking, you're kicking <laughs> over. Like, yeah. Were those gen- mm-hmm. I mean, how, how difficult was that event? I mean, I know it's like, you probably never even got to practice. I guess I don't really know. What was that like? Totally. So the events are, uh, it's funny. At the combine, they had something set up similar. It was a ring and you had to hold onto the ring and you had to try to swing, like get momentum, swing and kick up onto a wall as high as you could. And we were all like, what the heck is this? Like, 
good thing I crossfit and swing on rings occasionally because I would not know how to do this if it weren't for that. Um, and so we, we did that. And it was funny because at um, the combine, they were like, don't worry. This has nothing to do with the show. We're really not even, we're not even scoring you on this. We just want to see how you look while you do it. And we were like, okay, I mean, whatever, less pressure, it's fine. And then we get there and I'm doing like the same thing. And I was like, oh, okay. So apparently it did matter. Yeah. <laughs> um, so That's hilarious. that was, we, no one got to practice the events before we did them, but we did get to try that one before. Um, and I think it was just the nature of, um, they wanted to make sure we felt comfortable doing it before we did it because we weren't harnessed in. So we didn't like some of the other events you'll see when they're up really high, they've got harnesses around their body and they're, they're clipped in. Um, we weren't clipped. So if we let go of the ring, we would have hit the mats underneath. So I think they wanted to just make sure we felt okay doing it. So we actually got to test it out um, in advance. And at first I was like, okay, like I'm probably not going to be that good at this, but then we did the test run. And I was like, okay, this is sick. And I'm excited. Like it felt, it felt fun, like more fun than the combine. And I was kind of like, oh, 250 pounds. Like that's going to be fine. I'm excited about this. It's going to be a really cool race. And then watching the girl I went against practice, I was like, she's good at it too. So this is going to be awesome. You know, Um, because you don't ever want to compete against somebody who isn't necessarily going to be as yeah. good or good at something you want to compete against someone who's good at it um so we got to the event and i i was pretty excited but i will say that it's there's a lot of build up to these things like you know you're you're held in a certain place then you're interviewed you've got makeup on they want to talk to you and talk to you and talk to you and then once they finally let you out on the floor you're out on the floor for a, a while and you're just sort of like standing around and they're filming and they're talking to the crowd and so there's it's definitely not set up in a way that um is ideal but you kind of just have to roll with it at that point because it it is what it is and you I, I tried to soak up the experience as much as I could um but when we got onto the event and it started and I kicked the first one off I was like let's go like this is gonna be sick it didn't feel that heavy I, I was like, yes, like this isn't, this isn't that bad. And, and I was stoked. And then I got to the second one and I was like, what the heck? It's not moving. Um, so when I, when I watched the, or after we got done, I was like, I was telling my husband, I was like, I must not have kicked that hard. Like I, I must've just like really kicked the first one really hard. And I didn't give the next ones my best effort. And he goes, no, you, it looked the same every time you kicked it. And I was like, oh, shoot. So I waited to watch it when it came out. And I was like, oh, man, there definitely is a right way to kick it. Like a strategy. Um, yeah. And I think, and not that you would know that during it. Like, there's no way Kelly, the girl I was going against, was like, if I just kick it in this one spot, it's going to fall off. And it, it, didn't, it didn't happen like that. But there definitely is. If you kick it in a certain way, it's going to catch. And it's not going to come off as easily. So, um I think it. So it's like it's kind of like hanging on like a yeah. rail, and it's like if you kick mm-hmm. it, I don't know if it's low enough or, or high enough, it kind of just jabs and slides right off. Totally. And if you yeah. kick it in a wonky way, it catches itself. 
And so it's kind of like now looking back on it, you're like, oh, okay, well, I should have just kicked it there and it would have fallen off. Um, But in the grand scheme of things, like 250 pounds, it wasn't that aggressive. It wasn't that heavy. I mean, you watched other, you watched Kelly just like whammy him off. So I think it just, if it, if it clicked, it clicked. Um, And it was cool. It was fun. I, I enjoyed that event. Like I enjoyed swinging around, feeling like a kid. Like it was fun. (laughs) Yeah. It looks like, (laughs) it it looks like a, a, absolute blast to be on that show and i mean i don't know how much yeah. you got to like ha- interact with the rock at all i mean I, or dwayne johnson but mm. i mean he seems as cool i mean i have to ask i know that everyone is going to ask you <laughs> what the rock is like when you're on on the show with with the rock totally I mean, you probably got to interact with him a little bit so z eating cheat meals and stuff like, <laughs> does he seem like the same guy on yeah as he, as he looks on tv I was really impressed. Um, you know, you you always are skeptical um, because some of these people are just so big name. And I, I, I feel like I've been in some crappy situations where I've interacted with someone that I really enjoyed or really looked up to and they weren't that kind. And so I was kind of like, oh, shoot, like, I really hope this isn't like that. Um, but he actually we actually got to meet him. Um, before the show like before we competed um, he surprised my little sister and me and my mom um, in the arena so they like tricked us and they took us in the arena um, and they they just told me that I was going to be showing um, my sister and my daughter where we were going to be competing so they were kind of like, yeah, just walk in and show them what's up and you know the arena is yours just kind of like hang out there and, and check it out. And I was like, okay, this seemed weird. Like cool. Like, that's awesome. I, w- I, l- I would love to do that, but like, you know, this is a little strange. And then I don't even know why I didn't even think like, I had no idea that they would even consider doing that. And then all of a sudden um, I look over and uh, the rocks walking into the room and I'm like oh. instant tears wasn't, not like they were looking for a surprise and they got a surprise because I like I did not that didn't even come into my realm of possibility I wasn't like oh I wonder if the rock's gonna show up like it it was nothing like that so um it was really cool um and I got to spend a little bit of time with him in that scenario I mean it wasn't like a day or anything but he walked around the arena with us and talked with my um little sister and me and my mom and my daughter a little bit and I was really impressed with him um he has kids so I knew he was going to be um a pretty stand-up guy and he portrays how he interacts with his family really well um and he just the way in which he conducted himself around the kids was awesome like you can tell someone is really genuine when you watch them interact with kids and he uh he sort of like tried to bring himself down a little bit like to their level which as a mom is really comforting because I have, and Azariah was three at that point and she's very nervous and um, she's still like a very shy little girl. And so to see him kind of like not push her and just sort of approach her and like a, he's not a small guy, but he tried to make himself like a little more on her level. um, That was really cool. And I was really, really impressed by that. So um, overall, like he is, he is a great guy um and and granted like i can't judge his character off of my interactions but 
he you know how you can tell you can tell someone's putting on a front um i didn't feel that with him at all i didn't feel that i felt like he was genuine um i felt like he took the time to say hello and to you know um like try to connect too which was really cool um after every event you got to like talk to him or see him and you know he didn't have to encourage us but he 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 did um and he affirmed us and yeah it was it was awesome and after i lost the second event um he came up and he was like he was like you are a great mom and like don't this does not define you and I was like you didn't have to say that like oh, you didn't have to affirm me as I left so I was overall super impressed I will say that um this is definitely a show that I feel really confident um representing and you know oh. I'm you you're always skeptical like especially as um as a Christian and as someone who is you know tries to be very um, I care a lot about my character and, you know, what I do right. put my name on and, and, and all that stuff. And I, the Titan games is like, I love it. I love that my daughter got to watch me on that show. I love that my sister got to be on that show. And, um, I was, I was grateful for how they carried things and ran things. And, um, yeah, so, so he's awesome. Oh, good. Yeah, well, I he's mean, an awesome guy. That's a relief because I yeah. do not want to have to take my rock poster off the wall. I know. <laughs> but no, it's it's actually really cool to hear about, you know, someone being the same in all phases of their life, right? Because it's totally. easy to have a public persona and to be mm. somebody that they're not, especially when it comes to movie stars. And totally. the fact that I know that he, he had a, his dad, I think it was his dad passed mm. away somewhere near totally. the show. Yeah. He's also filming thousands, you know, hundreds of movies and all this different stuff. <laughs> yeah. that stuff. Really cool. Well, hey, um, yeah. just let's transition into another area. It's mm. not closely related, but areas that you're passionate about. And that's just like diet, exercise, health, wellness, kind of the channel totally. and, you know, kind of the website that I've built together is about kind of combining the two worlds of, you know, physical health and wellness with, with, with Christianity, with the faith. And I don't think mm. either of those things are like mutually exclusive, but if right. you kind of like look out at the world or at least look out at within, you know, within Christian circles, you don't see a ton of mm. crossover. So I'm curious to think, like, maybe I'll just ask you a question. Do you mm. think that there is a relationship between, you know, physical health, diet and wellness <laughs> and exercise and Christianity? Is it, is there an overt connection or, or not? Yeah. Um, this is obviously something that I feel like I can speak to not because I'm an expert just because I've lived it um I played water polo competitively competitively for a very long time my goal when I was younger was to go to the Olympics to play water polo like I've always been into one thing and then thought like okay what's the end goal like that's always been my sort of um personality and it's always like I want to get the furthest in the things that I'm doing um and I went through a period of time where, you know, I, I grew up in a Christian home and I always had that exposure to Christianity, but it, it really has been my experiences through sport that have, that have pushed me further in my faith. Um, I did try to do it by myself, you know, like there was a period of time when I was younger and hadn't quite taken hold of my faith that I was just 
living for Natalie and I was living to be good at sports because that's how I felt like I had created my value was like, Oh, if you're good at sports, like if you're good at this, if you're good at everything you do, people are, you know, you're, you'll be fine. Like people will be into you and you know, people will love you if you're good at this stuff. And so I think I, I channeled a lot of that into that. And it wasn't until college and FCA, which I think you're involved with FCA as well. Um, but it wasn't until FCA really that I was like, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing? And if I want to be good at sports, like I am going to have to figure things out. I'm going to have to figure them out spiritually, especially because I'm not going to get any further in this, in sports, in life, if I don't have this dialed in. And so it took a lot of trial and error, honestly. Um, and it took a lot of, uh, like injury quite frankly, to get there. It was, it was kind of like the Lord, like, okay, so if you want to continue to do this on your own, um, like, let's see what that looks like. And it wasn't until I, I really relinquished control that I felt, um, on top of my game or I felt the best or a lot of stress was alleviated in my life. So that sort of began the journey of, of finding the relationship between the two, because there is one, like, there is one and and I often want to scream it from the rooftops because I don't think I would be half the athlete that I am, half the mom that I am if I didn't have sport and faith. Um, and I know that's just how I was born. I was born competitive. I have a competitive nature. Um, but I feel called to give my all to the things that I um, feel called to, if that makes sense. So um, finding the relationship between faith and fitness or faith and sport has been a, a joy for me. So to answer, to answer your question, there is a very clear crossover. And um, I don't know if we align on this, but I feel like um, overarching the church misses it often. And, you know, like I've, I have a lot of, um, I, I feel a lot of, I don't know the right word, but I, I get frustrated sometimes at churches when they put out donuts and pizza and all of these things <laughs> at events. Cause I'm like, we want these people to function and we want them to function yeah. well. And we're not even giving them the tools to do that. And so, right. and I'm not necessarily saying, obviously churches have people's best interest in mind, you know, like I'm not saying they're purposely trying to give everybody diabetes because that's not the case. But I they think that there is, right <laughs> and there is this level of education that people don't have in regards to this stuff and my goal is to be the best wife the best mother the best athlete and the best christ follower that i can be and if i'm not investing in my faith and my fitness and my health through that process i'm not going to be my best to do that stuff um and and it wasn't until I really started taking control of those areas of my life that I was experiencing freedom spiritually and physically, mm. right? I always felt so bogged down by injury and health problems. And then it was like, once I started training in godliness and once I started, you know, committing to reading my Bible and investing in my faith, I wasn't bogged down by injury. You know, I wasn't held back by health problems. I was, I was actually thriving and I, I actually felt 
energized and felt like I was doing the things that the Lord had called me to do. So I don't know if that answers your question, yeah. um, but no, I see no, a does. clear no. connection between the two. Yeah, that's good. Well, I mean, I think you're spot on about the church. I think, uh, you know, mm. it's, I, I've said this a few other times pretty recently, but it feels like, you know, the church, especially the people in, in leadership uh, care so much about everything as they should as and how totally. everything relates to faith and so you know whether it's what you're buying or you know mm. the relationships in your life or who you vote for politically mm. and all these different things like capitalism and social so every issue we care a lot about as it relates to our faith but mm. when it comes to this one area this sliver of like health it's kind of like we are allowing you know, maybe everybody else to take the lead on that. And so we're like, well, yeah. things in moderation and who knows. And so it's like this acceptable, there's an acceptable nature in church about like how eating and what you eat and how you move as it like, as if it doesn't matter. And so that kind of right. that does bug me because I do think we need to begin to look um, through the lens of the Bible and through the lens of, right. of our faith as to what what we should be eating, how we should be eating, and whom we should be eating with, and what the actual physical effects are on our bodies. But there are some people in, you know, in, in the in the world that are doing great things with their podcasts and their websites totally. and doctors, things like that, that are totally owning this area and the church feels like it's just behind again. Oh yeah, totally. And I could I can agree with that. I think the first time John, um, my father in law had told me or had introduced me to who you were was because he had listened to something that you put out and he was like, oh my gosh, this sounds like you. Like, this sounds like how you talk. And I do feel very convicted about it. I felt very convicted about it for a while. And I am obviously very convicted about my faith as well. And so there's this like constant struggle with me where I'm like, I know pastors are, their hearts are in the right place. I know that they're trying to do the right thing. Um, but with that being said, if you're not investing in your health and your fitness, you are not going to be everything you could be for the people of your church. And so a lot of that I know is just not knowing, not knowing how, or maybe feeling this biblical tug that I think a lot of people feel often is like, you know, it, it does say in the Bible that we are to train physically, but it also says that training in godliness comes first. And I think oftentimes when people are like, well, obviously I should commit to my spiritual training, not my physical training. They they take that, they take those verses and they sort of misconstrue them because it was said, it is said in the Bible that we do need to take care of our bodies and we do need to do that. It's just not first. And so the way that I live my life with my fitness and my health is I'm trying to find the connection between the two. Is I want to train physically and I want to train spiritually. And if I can train spiritually while I'm training physically, wouldn't that be the best way to yield results, both physically and spiritually? So, you know, it's I think it's all a heart posture when you're working out, you know, like what gives you motivation? Why are you doing the things you do? You know, are you doing them so you look good in the summertime? Or are you doing them because you know it's the right thing for your body? You know, are, are you living the closest to the way that God has created you. Um, and so I, yeah, I, I, I spend a lot of time thinking about those things. Uh, you're spot on and you're right. I mean, I think I, we, we definitely share this, this thought process because as it relates to a lot of people, when they think about health and eating, they, they're, they have this like uh, fear of like vanity 
be as if like they're going to become mm. an Instagram model or a bodybuilder in two weeks and then they'll be mm-hmm. in a forsaken Christ if they if they start working out. And, you know, that's that's a reality. You know, it is a reality totally. for a lot of people. Um, but the other side of the ship is, you know, poor bodily stewardship or self-neglect. Mm. And and God does say, you know, body is a temple. And, you know, the purpose of the, mm. the temple in the Old Testament was it was the dwelling place of God. And as that temple falls, mm. the spirit now is in the in the believer. And we, we mm. have a responsibility to steward our bodies well. And stewarding your body right. is an is a literal act of worship to God in one respect. Right. So I think you're, we're missing a whole other part of our faith. But I do want to get your opinion on this next. There are so many other benefits to taking care of your body that I think if, like, let's say a Christian heard and understood, they would really go, you know what, maybe that does align with my faith more. So I'm curious to know what you think those might be, but I'll just give you a couple off the top and let you let you riff Hmm. off of them. Like longevity. So people might say, you know, I want to be alive, being alive for your kids and your grandkids, and then also to keep doing God's mission. Right. That's a that could be a spiritual, uh, you know, idea. So I don't know what your thoughts are on, on maybe that aspect of eating well. Long-term. Totally. And I think that that's, that's like one of the biggest things, like that's one of the biggest things I try to instill in my clients. I work with a lot of moms. I work with dads. Um, I work with people who are investing so much in their families and oftentimes they've fallen back. Like they've forgotten to take care of themselves and which is fine. Like I see your heart in that. Like I see that you are giving and you are, you are, you're sacrificing for your family, but it's, it's my job. I feel like it's my job to instill value in that person as well. Like Mm -hmm. you aren't going to be everything for your family if you're not here, you know, or, or if you are not, or if you're half here, right? Like eating processed foods, heavily um, laden down with synthetic things that have been created in a laboratory to taste better. Like your body's not functioning well when you're eating those things. And so how can you expect to be your best um, if you're, if you're doing those kinds of things? So I definitely think, you know, investing in yourself so you can invest in the kingdom. Like that's a lot of the reason I do what I do and, and eat the way that I eat. And, and people always ask me about my diet and what I do, and how I do that. And I honestly have just been heavily convicted. Like, uh, it has been very clear to me that I'm not going to be a great Natalie if I am not making sure that I'm eating the right things, and I'm not moving my body or or building strength. Like, I know I'm not going to be a good mom. I know I'm not going to be a good wife. And I know I'm not going to be be able to advance the kingdom at the rate that I feel like I should be um, because what the Lord has called me to. And so, um, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but no, longevity is huge. Well, and you you brought up a great point about performing now. I mean, so, for instance, I'm a pastor, so I preach, you know, Mm. in normal circumstances, I preach live on a stage. And yeah. I've been doing that for 10 years after my football mm-hmm. career. So I've been doing that a long time. And it's you could get up there after you eat like pancakes and syrup and and coffee with <laughs> cream and sugar. You could. And um, but totally. you'll be yawning and you'll have brain fog. And so it's like, well, mm-hmm. why don't I eat something that I know will help me think as clear as possible? So that way I'm able to relay totally. what I'm saying 
to the people as effectively mm. as possible. And that can translate to mm. playing with your children, being in a relationship with your parents, w- at work and being a good employee, whatever it may be. So totally. the performing aspect today matters a lot. It, it's it's so true. And, no. and I think that, I think, I think I've said it, but I think a lot of people just don't know. Like they just don't know the difference. And that's why I feel so invested in working with people on fitness and nutrition, because it's like, if you knew that there was another way to feel, maybe you wouldn't want to feel this way. You know, like maybe if you knew that eating breakfast with a lot of protein and a lot of fat in the morning and less carbohydrates or less sugar is going to help you last throughout the day. Like if you just knew that, maybe you would be able to do that. Um, and, yes. and, and I think that that's why I've invested myself in it and helping people understand that, um, because I think they could be better. And I, and I obviously have a heart for people in ministry. I've been in ministry for years. I consider what I do ministry. Um, and I, I've watched it all over. I lived in Kenya for a year after college and I lived with a bunch of other missionaries and, um, you learn a lot by what people eat and how, how long they're going to make it. Like, you know, what kinds of things they're able to invest themselves into because of the way that they, the way that they invest in their bodies. And so, um, especially in somewhere like Kenya, you have the opportunity to eat totally of the earth and without any, like, um, nothing's, it's all, it's way more, um, fresh and, you know where it's coming from and all of that stuff. So carts or granola bars. No, not at all. So you're just like automatically eating healthier when you're there, which is great. Um, but yeah, I, I think that I think that a lot of it has to do with education and and not knowing or or not you've got so much to do. Like and you've got so many souls that you feel responsible for. And so I think that that's that's what I want people to understand often is like, ask for help, ask somebody for help. Because if you feel lethargic or you feel like you can't get through a day without seven cups of coffee, like there's an issue. You shouldn't feel like that. Whether it be what you're eating, um, that you're not moving your body, maybe it's stress. Um, it could be a myriad of different things, but ask somebody for help because I guarantee if you're a pastor in your congregation, there is someone like Natalie who is passionate about health and fitness who can get you in the right direction. And it's just a matter of finding those people, trusting them, and then asking them for help to get there. So that's good wisdom. You know, and I think people don't you know, I, I, maybe people don't want to rely on people, other people for it. But I think this is an area where, mm-hmm. and, and the truth is, I mean, if you look at kind of some of the government guidelines, what the FDA says, a lot of people, it's maybe mm-hmm. it's not even that they just don't know. It's that they've been misinformed. And there's so much misinformation. <laughs> totally. And then you've got like, totally. then you've got like big pharma and big agriculture involved. And then there's policy and lobbyist groups that are kind of getting like certain like things like Splenda kind of passed. Into totally. The, and, and making it a food that we can eat. So people are just are saying, I just trust in the government. The food period. I don't know what to do. 12 servings of grain a day. Yeah. So totally. that's really good wisdom just to say, hey, find resources that'll help you and, and get you involved. So speaking of resources, you're one. Kind of just to end <laughs> our time. You've got somebody that's watching this or listening to this mm. and they want to go, okay, I'm sold, Natalie. 
what are two or three things I can do like this week that can begin my journey to, to like a, a good God honoring health? What can I do? Mm-hmm. Totally. Well, I think there's obviously so much. And I think oftentimes when people come to me and ask for nutrition guidance, they're like, they have this expectation that they're going to change all of these things about their diet in their first week. And I'm like, here's the deal. No, because not, not, not all, some of us are capable of that, but not all of us are capable of that. And so it's finding the, the small things and creating habits to get there. So, you know, if you're drinking soda and eating fast food every day, I'm not going to tell you to stop drinking soda and eating fast food every day. I'm going to have you take fast food out once a week and then twice a week. And then we're going to get to the point where you're not eating it at all. Um, but so often I see people who are like, all right, I'm all in. I'm going to throw everything in my pantry outside. And then a week later, they're like, whoa, like that was way too much. Um, and, and they don't quite know. They don't. Yeah, they just they're not sure how to maintain that. So I think the first part would be to make attainable and actionable goals. So you're not going to fix everything all at once. Um, but how can you um, start to make the small changes that can get you there? So whether that be um, maybe cutting out something you know doesn't sit well in your stomach or you know cutting sugar out of your diet, things like that could be a good direction to go. So finding small things, not jumping in head first is always something that I try to help people understand. Um, the other thing would be education. Like the more you know, the easier it is to make these decisions. At, at least that's how I feel. Like I feel so convicted about these things because I know what they do to my body. And so I always tell people, learn, learn what these things are doing through your digestive tract. And if you then choose to make the decision to eat them, at least you have the knowledge and at least you're not doing it blindly. So I tell people to learn, learn what fat is, learn what protein is, learn what carbohydrates are. And once you know what they are, you might have an idea of how they sustain you and how they, how they can better sustain you by the different kinds that you're eating. So that's a lot of what I do is education around what are those things? Like, what are these things everybody's talking about and why should I care about them? Um, so those are just a couple of things. Learn and then change small things. Habits. Habits are what are going to make the, long, the most change in your life. Good work. Well, this has been a super informative even for me. I mean, first of all, your story on and the Titan Games and all that stuff and understanding cross has been super helpful so i appreciate you for coming on and mm. if there are anybody is there if, if there's anyone watching that wants to know more about you what, what can they do how can they learn more about you do you have uh, instagram or social media or anything like that yeah totally um i am super available via instagram um, my handle is nat loves you 22 if you have questions like questions or need direction or guidance if i don't have the answer or i don't have um, what you need right away, I can definitely turn you in that direction. So um, please reach out. I tell people advice is free. Like I nutrition coach and I work with people, I work with paying clients, but for you to reach out and have a conversation with me, I don't want your money. Um, so I always want people to feel the freedom to come to me and ask Again, if I don't have the answer, I will make sure you get pushed in the right direction. And I'll include your social media 
links into the show notes as well. So if, if people listen to this in the future, awesome. Well, they're present while they're listening, but our future, they'll be able to find you. So. <laughs> yeah. Natalie, thank you so much for being cool. on the show. I really appreciate you coming. Well, thanks for listening to this episode. Hey, again, you can follow Natalie on her Instagram, natlovesyou22. Definitely reach out to her for that. And then uh, if you are interested, you can watch this uh, on YouTube, uh, and that's Ex Nihilo Health. And we would love it if you could subscribe to the podcast here. And if you like more frequent video and more frequent content, subscribe to the YouTube channel. All right, see you next time.